Hey everybody, this is Ashley. And this is Aaron. <laughs> Close these notes. Aaron, look. Keep it going. Okay. <laughs> we get this out. Hey guys, welcome back to this week's mini-sode of A Perspective. Perspective. I'm Ashley. And I'm Aaron. And thank you guys so much for joining us another week. We appreciate it as always. Welcome. Welcome. Okay, we were just talking about Disney movies, so I'm going to guess that that's where that came from. Um, guys, we are back to bring you a great new mini-sode. If you've been keeping up with us, you know we are talking about the game, and we are on season five. But before we get started with that, Aaron, please let the listeners know exactly what a mini-sode is. A mini-sode is a smaller version of our full-length episode. We take one portion of our regular episode, and we spend some time digging a little deeper into that part. And that's a mini-sode. And that is a mini-sode. All right, guys. Yes, as I mentioned, we are still continuing with our mini-sode series about the game. And we are now on season five. And for those who don't know, like, I've been talking about how I was not excited about these seasons of the games. Like, four, the fours and fives and so on with Blue and Kira. But, y'all, when I went back and watched season five, like, as 35-year-old Ashley... <laughs> That season just hit different, okay? That season, I realized it may not have been what I needed in my 20s, but it was what I needed in my 30s. And it just it just hits different. So, What do you mean? I'm excited. Meaning, like, the life that I was living in my 20s was not ready for the life that they were portraying on screen in season five. And now that I'm in my 30s and in a different place in life, and um, particular, particularly... No, I'm going to say specifically with my marriage. It was just something about Melanie and Derwin this season that really just mm, like, I don't know. It was just what married Ashley needed to see. Like older Mary Ashley. Let me say that. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I mean. Okay. All right. So let's go ahead and get it started. So if you guys have been listening, um, I have been breaking everybody down like Melanie Derwin, Tasha Malik. Um Jason and previously Kelly, but Kelly's no longer with us uh, at this in this season. So, all right, so let's go ahead and get it started with Melanie and Derwin. I feel like there were quite a few things to unpack in season five. And so this time I jotted down some notes and really because I needed to, because, you know, like I said, I was not familiar with season five. And yes, I took notes because I was ready. I'm going to. Okay, so the first thing I wrote down and I know exactly what I'm talking about is in the beginning of season uh, five, episodes one and two. So we're fresh off of season four where Duran just finds out that Melanie had an abortion. He is upset because, you know, he thinks that it's, it was him. She goes ahead and tells him the truth. Well, let me, mm. he's upset because he thinks that it was his baby that she aborted when they were in college. Melanie doesn't want to talk about it. So Duran is in his feelings. And this is where we're introduced with the truth pack. Okay. Like the truth moment. Oh, I love the truth moment. Now, that is one thing that I did remember because I used to do a truth. I used to have a truth moment time with somebody, but 
that's neither here nor there. Um, <laughs> but, it, you know, I love the truth pact or whatever. And them having these truth moments where they're just completely being honest with you, with each other. And I just want to talk about, I believe it was episode two, but, or it could have been, yes. When Derwin is upset, like he is upset about Melanie. Oh, okay. So at the end of, I believe it was episode one, Melanie just blurts out. It was either episode one or in the beginning of episode two, but Melanie blurts out to Derwin that he wasn't the one, He it wasn't his baby that she aborted. It was Trey Wiggs. And so then we see Derwin. Yes, I think it was at the end of this episode one. Anyway, so we see Derwin trying to leave and Melanie stops him like, no, we need to talk about this. We need to have a real um, conversation. Like it, we can't keep running from our problems. Aaron, when I tell you, I wrote down Melanie and Derwin scene was real growth in myself and crying. Like when, when Melanie was crying to Derwin and saying, I just want you to hold me. That is a real th like. I don't to me I just so saw myself and Robin like in some of the moments that we've had in life and that's a real thing like you know couples married couples or just in a relationship y'all go through shit you don't want that to be like you don't always want to run from the problem sometimes yes we go through shit but at the end of the night I still want to get in this bed with you and have you hold me I don't want to sleep apart I don't want us to be mad at each other through the night like I don't know I just had all the feels when I saw that like I just thought you know, I don't know. When was this? I'm so trying to piece that part together. When? What? Remember when she finally told him that it wasn't his baby that she aborted? It was Trey Wiggs? Yeah. This was the, like episode one or two. And then so, Mel I mean, so Derwin gets upset and he about to peace out. And Melanie is like, you know, we just need to talk. You know, let's talk this out or whatever. Like, you can't run from this, blah, blah, blah. And she's standing there telling him, like, just being open with him. Like, I just want you to hold. I just want to go into bed. I want to put my feet against you. And I just want you to hold me tonight, blah, blah, blah. And he was like, I'm sorry, I can't do that for you. And still walked away because he was so upset. You know, Derwin showed his bitch assness a lot uh, during this season. Okay. I'm, I'm but anyway, I'm sure we'll get to that. I'm that sure was, we'll get to that. That wasn't episode one. She didn't tell Derwin. I said it was I said it was two. I said it was either one or two. Like she told him at the end of episode one that the baby was that she aborted was Trey Wiggs, not his. No. Well then it was episode two. It, it was later in the season. No, it wasn't. It was in the beginning. She told him Because we were fresh off of like season four ended with him finding out she had an abortion. Yes. And so we were fresh off of that. Well, he already knew. In season five. Yes. She yeah, he knew about, about... I need to find the episode. He, She told him they ran into Trey and his wife in the wherever. He invited them... She invited them to uh, What's Face birthday party. DJ's party. Some Sometime yes, that's and that's why Derwin knocked, knocked Trey out. Yeah, that was episode two? Yeah. she told Actually, she told him in the beginning of episode two. Oh, okay. Yep. I don't know why I thought that mm -hmm. was later on in the season. Okay. Nope. Mm, yes, and she said this was something I was going to take to my grave. And I'm telling you, like, she was just trying to be honest because she said she was tired of skeletons falling out of her closet. So anyway, um, so that's just one of many battles that we see Derwin and Melanie go through this season. But I just wanted to point that out in particular. Okay, so how I'm going to do this is I'm going to run through some of my notes. And um, we're just going to talk about Melanie and Derwin this season. Okay, the surrogacy. Okay, I want to talk about that. Did Melanie and Derwin really think Tasha was going to have a baby for them? Like, come, I mean, like, and did they really want Tasha to have a baby for them? I think they did. I think Melanie definitely did. And I think Derwin was supporting Melanie. I don't know how much he believed it, but I do believe him. Yeah, Melanie was. Yeah. My thing was, I just thought it was a little, 
it just seemed a little irrational. Like, I don't know. Like, there was something about Tasha having a baby for them that just, I just thought it would, I don't know if I could have, I don't know if I would want one of my friends to be my surrogate. I don't know if it would make it like too complicated down the road. Like, you know, I don't know. I don't know. That's something I would really have to think about. But I just, you know, I was never on board with that. I was I was so with Derwin when he was when he was against it, I was on his side. I think Derwin's reasoning for not wanting Tasha to do it was a little selfish and not necessarily wrapped in logic. Uh but like you were talking about how the you now can can sort of take in this this season more because time has passed and I have uh, mm, well, what the hell sorry mm. the me now knows that that sort of situation is actually realistic like that's that that storyline was realistic and it actually is common for someone that you know to I mean it is not uncommon for someone that you know to carry your baby so I believed it yeah if I, I didn't already it. know what was gonna happen I I, I would have believed it. I didn't like. I see. I think ah, you know maybe it's the Melanie aspect of it because she immediately came in trying to change Tasha's life, and that's not something that I don't know. Like I, you know, you're just crossing too many lines. Like, ah, I don't know. I don't know. But um, okay. So I get because you're talking about the surrogacy. Tasha is 42 this season. Yeah, I believe she's in her 40s. Because Malik is 27. She had Malik when she was 15. So she's a 42-year-old woman whose eggs are still thriving. And, and yeah. I mean, yeah. Like, it's great. Yeah. I mean, it was great that she could have Tasha to do that for her, But I just, I don't know. I just wasn't with that um, aspect. But I guess. Tried to take her marijuana away from her. Like. Right. See, that's uh, what I'm saying. It's just, it's too much. Okay. So I'm jumping ahead a little bit too. With uh, So I also want to talk about, I wrote some notes for, um, since we're talking about Tasha and Melanie. So, you know, in the beginning of this season, they are not on good terms because of how Melanie tried to do with, um, Tasha being Derwin's manager. Mm-hmm. Aaron, that fashion show episode, I was weak. One, this Tasha, the top. Oh, I wrote down Tasha and Melanie fight, laughing my ass off. And I also wrote down Tasha Ho. And I wrote that down in response to what? Melanie um, going into that. Like, ta- like boom, Tasha Ho. Because I wrote that um, as Tasha went into that meeting. I mean, how prepared she was mm-hmm. went in a meeting with uh, Melanie pretty much trying to take Nike. Really? Um, Melanie, like, I just thought Melanie was doing too much. But I felt like everybody got boomed in that episode because one, Melanie got boomed because she really thought she was doing running something in the Derwin's life, pretty much his business, um, which I still blame Derwin for. Don't get me wrong, because he should have just been honest. But also, I, I mean, yes. And then I said boom because Tasha got her ass back. Tasha had all her um, ducks in a row and lit that cigar. Listen, then I also wrote down. Okay, sorry. Did you have anything to say about Melanie and Tasha with the the fight and everything? The fashion show or anything like that. The uh, the fashion uh, which are we talking the, when they made up that one or yeah the, the fashion show is when they made up. Okay. Oh, there were some funny scenes before that too when they were in there like trying to figure out what fashion show they was gonna do. Yeah, I mean, I thought the makeup. I appreciate. I appreciated the fight that they had or argument that they had right before they made up, and it was something that man they can just act their butt off. One, two. I believed. Who? 
I said one, they can act their butt off. Uh, oh, okay. Two, I I appreciated the level of honesty that they had in that moment in the bathroom, and also thought about uh, and thought it was very sweet when all Tasha wanted was an apology. Now I still think Melanie gave mm-hmm. her one, but who am when I? When did she give her an apology? I thought she tried to apologize like more than once. Oh. And Tasha just wasn't ready to receive it because I, before we got to that scene in the bathroom, I kept thinking, well, at some point Melanie just needs to give up because this argument, you can be upset at Melanie and rightfully so, but at what point do you either, now that's like, oh. Ashley, any other day there's nobody here. No one is here. I mean, in, anyway, um, the hell was I just saying? Uh, I don't fucking know. I don't forgot to now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I thought, I don't know. I just didn't oh, know. you were saying at some point Melanie needed to give up? At some point Melanie needed to give up. I don't know what I was saying. I thought the reason why they were arguing was whack. I thought Tasha at some point was being petty or being childish by not... Uh, coming around but who am i you can't react you can't get upset for how somebody reacts to the disrespect that they receive and how long mm -hmm. but i do believe there's no time limit on how long it takes to move on you're right but i believe melanie was sincerely trying to extend an olive branch and while i can't control how tasha or i can't really critique how tasha responded i do think that the outcome could have been i think they could have resolved it sooner than later had she at least acknowledged what Melanie was saying. She didn't have to forgive her. She didn't have to continue conversing with her. They didn't have to do anything other than what they were doing. But I think Melanie was. See, that's why I believe, because I believe Melanie did say sorry. I believe that Melanie did try to squash it more than once. Um, and Tasha just wasn't receiving it. And then, of course, Melanie you know, had to be petty, too. Like I was about to say, see, and I think it could have helped if, if Melanie also didn't have her petty moment. Because... In my in my point of view, Tasha deserved to be petty for a little bit. Melanie did not deserve to be petty. Like Melanie, you were already petty, and you try to take money from me, sis. Don't take from my table. Like mm 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 mm. That was just too much. Don't take from your table. Yes. Like you, I mean, you eating from my table. Like you taking food from my table. Like because you trying to take money from me. I mean, okay, huh? I don't know where this falls, but I don't think I don't think Derwin was wrong for having con- for having the concern that he had about Tasha managing both because we we've already seen Tasha act in in uh sketchy ways I guess if that for lack of a better word right now when she wasn't even representing Malik and trying to get right. him a deal. So, I don't think she was wrong in it. I don't think he was wrong for that concern. I'm talking about with the Nike deal though. Like Melanie tried to take food from Tasha like that you trying to take money out of my pockets. Because she tried to get Tasha cut from that deal. And Tasha was the one who acquired that deal for Derwin. Business. That Melanie should have just stayed her ass out of, like I said, in the first place. But anyway. I mean, it sounded like she was going to lose anyway. It sounded like they were going to lose no matter what. Probably. But I mean, you know, Tasha deserved her money. So, but for Melanie to be going, like, trying to go hard, like, you're supposed to be my friend. Like, come on now. Like, it's one thing for you to try to interfere and say that I shouldn't manage both Malik and Derwin or whatever, or that I can't manage Malik anymore if I'm managing, uh, I mean, I can't manage Derwin anymore if I'm managing Malik. But for you to like actively try to get me cut out of a deal, you just kind of crossing the line. So I understand why Tasha was, you know, as upset as she was behind that. But And you know, it's so funny. You said you blame Derwin, right? For yeah. That. 
But I also, but you know, Derwin made a point that he did not tell Melanie to fire her. Melanie did that on her. Melanie's ego took over, and she That's true. fired her. You're supposed her to be own. my friend, right? Derwin just See? said. Derwin just wanted her to have a conversation with her. That's true too. You know what? I might have to start taking some blame away from Derwin, but I still blame him because Tasha was his friend as long as Melanie was. And he should have just been man enough to talk to her. That's your manager. You can, you should be able to express your concerns to your manager. Like they work for you, not the other way around. Come on now. I don't know. I just feel some type of way about it. Anyway, so um, moving on through. So also this season, we do see Derwin and Melanie go through the bad news that they received at the fertility clinic, which is how we get to the point of Tasha. Um, being the surrogate i was sad about that but we see that that issue like so on top of them not being able to have a baby and Wait, then tasha what? the news that they got at the fertility clinic oh. so and on top of so on top of that um have them getting that news and then tasha backing out as melanie surrogate um which we see later this all pretty much leads to melanie having i don't want to call it a breakdown i, I want to call it a i guess an epiphany about her happiness and what's going to really make her happy because by the end of season five, we see Melanie wanting to go back to John Hopkins and um, wanting to go back to school or wanting to not go back to school, but wanting to go back to finish her residency, which is in Baltimore back for back to Johns Hopkins. How did you feel about this? Uh, Oh, I wrote, actually I took notes on that one. So I wrote down, Melanie needed a life beyond Derwin. And because she doesn't, she's trying to take control of Derwin's life. Like, that's what I felt like I was seeing throughout the whole season, her trying to find her footing. And it was refreshing to see her acknowledge that, recognize it, and then try to do something about it. Although it did create conflict and tension, man, which I still blame Derwin for. But For what? For creating that tension and creating that conflict. I think Melanie, when she had that realization that she's been trying to find her her footing, right, her purpose in life right now, and she was trying to do it with med school, that didn't work. Then she tried to be CEO, which was never a real thing. And then she tried to, what was the last thing that happened right before she, um, but even anything or there, it was like Derwin, Derwin was being petty about it. Derwin was not being open and receptive. Derwin, Derwin this whole season, Derwin had one one view and it was his own. In a world that he doesn't live in by himself. So for that situation, did you not like he immediately put his foot down when she I think that's very interesting. I think I think that is very interesting that you took that point of view because um, I wrote I'm sorry, I wrote down and this is why communication is key. Because I don't, I, I agree with you about what you said with Derwin about how he reacted, but I also don't agree with how Melanie brought it to him. Like this is not, Melanie was not like having a conversation like this is what I want to do. How can we make this work for us? Melanie was having a, this is what I'm going to do and I need you to support me. And that's okay. Like that's okay too. She can ask him for his support, but both of them should have had a better conversation. Both of them should like, she should have addressed that differently and he should have been more open to listening instead of being so close-minded. But when he brought her that luggage, oof, that spoke volumes right there. I said, mm, I but guess I he like, letting you know what he stands. I feel like Melanie had, I feel like Melanie brought it to him in a way that was not disrespectful in comparison to how he responded. I think that Melanie was having a revelation. Melanie was finally realizing something 
And and you could almost look at it like, and she did the right thing by going to her husband. You could talk, you can question the delivery, but at least she went to him, right? At least she had this epiphany and didn't. Yes, but delivery is key too, because you're going to want that. You, so if he came to her and said, um, I signed, a, I signed a, a new deal with Philadelphia and we moving tomorrow. You're not bringing me in. Like, we're not, you're not treating me like I'm your partner. You're treating me like somebody that I'm just along for the ride. Like you're just kind of stringing me along. I feel the same way with her saying, you know, I'm unhappy and I want to go back to, I want to finish my residency. So I'm going to John Hopkins or whatever. I'm going to Baltimore without it being like a conversation as far as this is what I want to do. And I want to know like how it can work for us. Like what, what's the best way it can work out for us? Not just, this is what I'm going to do. And I hope you you can get on board. And again, like I said, that some people take that approach and that may be okay. But I think for a relationship for me, I wouldn't want Robin to do something like that to me. I want us to sit down and have a conversation because there are um, devils in the details that we need to figure out. Okay. Like with Mel, and I mean, and even though it ended like she was trying to do both, but had they sat down and came up with like a better plan together, I think that that whole process could have worked better for them. Uh, what does just, it look like? What does it look like to you then to? Know that you're going to do something, but I almost feel like you're saying you need to create the illusion that we're that we're working this out. When in reality, it's not being worked out. It is a decision that has already been made, and now I'm I'm in t- I'm telling you about it. Any other way of just telling you that this is what I'm doing feels like false negotiate, like a false hope of negotiating about it. Like you said, there are some things that need to be worked out, but you may not be a part of that conversation. But but when you're married, how can you not be a part of that conversation? If I decide that I want to go back to school a few states away or on the other side of the the country or whatever, I want to have, like when I bring that to Robin, I want to have a business plan, at least something down to show her how we can make this work. Like, yeah, I've made up in my mind that this is what I want to do and this is going to be the best thing for me. But I also want to hear what you have to say. And so we are on the same page. So it's the best thing for us as well. Like maybe I can't start school this semester. And so I go to next semester as long as it's still happening. Like as long as we're, or maybe, you know. Ah, okay. So you're willing to compromise more in a space that Melanie was not. And that's why I go back. Like to me, what is the... I don't fault her for how she brought it to him because there was no negotiating in the in the things that you are you, you that you were just that you're willing to negotiate in, in you know in this fake scenario. Maybe you don't go this semester. Maybe you go next. Melanie wasn't willing to wait another semester. She was going. So that's why that's why I don't fault her for how she brought it to him. I think it's honestly saved everybody time. No need to create any sort of false hope of negotiating around areas that we're not going to negotiate around. That I'm not willing to. But also, how do you have how do how can you be married and come up with that and not bring your partner into any detail of your thought process. You can bring them, you into might as well, detail, like, bring them into the thought process, but you don't have a say in it. I think they may not have a say, but but that's also like being blindsided. Like at some point you decide, like while you were thinking about your happiness and what you needed to do, there should have been, like you should have opened your mouth and said something to me. Like we should have been talking about this together. You bringing Darwin this to me like... Derwin is not blindsided by Melanie's revelation that she's going to law school like we we're in season five he is not he is not blind he is not booboo the fool to this this is not new to him that she wants to go no i think her, i think her putting her foot go. down about it is new or is a shocker to him but but her and those feelings they have always existed 
and he's known that. And I think I any, I think any other think thing other than the direct conversation, any anything other than the direct approach about what it is to Derwin creates a false sense of negotiating that she was not willing to, that she had done time and time again, that she was not willing to do. And that's where I get to, yes, you're, you're married. I agree with you. You're married. You need to, there's a, there's a, this can't happen without both of us being on the same page. But there are many aspects to this that you just have to get on board with, that you are not, a, that you don't have a say in. Because anything, anything that alters what I'm thinking, it's no longer my decision. That's how I felt. That's well, how I fought Melanie. And then, okay, and so Melanie chose that direction and Derwin chose his. I mean, I guess at the end of the day, there are going to be consequences on both sides and you just have to pretty much deal with what the outcome is. So, um, yeah, I just, but yeah, I definitely wrote down, okay, I said that. I wrote down that the communication was key. I really think that they could have handled that. Both of them could have handled that differently. Um, Again, with Derwin packing that suitcase, it almost seemed, um, it almost seemed kind of final, but but we do, um, excuse me, it almost seemed kind of final, but then in the, 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 in the next couple of episodes, we also see um, Derwin, oh, okay, we also see like Derwin pretty much egging Melanie's calls, like he doesn't want to talk to her, he's not willing to face um, what is going on, but at the end of the season, we do see him get on that plane with Melanie and go to uh, Baltimore with him, with her, which I thought was really sweet. So basically, they got it back together by the end. But I, but I also felt like I wrote down, this could have been resolved two episodes ago. <laughs> um, but I get the drama of the show. I tell you that it couldn't have been resolved. I think that it, in some ways, it was only he only went because it was convenient. It couldn't have been solved two episodes ago because he was still in football mode. Uh, he went with her because the season was over with and he had some downtime. He acknowledged it. She accepted it. We know what it is. But it wasn't like this selfless thing. He had no plans after fo- when football was over. They were to be with Melanie. Well, Melanie's leaving, so he went with Melanie. They set it up nicely. I mean, but it's they played the music. They brought all the things in. They had the language. I felt it. But it wasn't like this big like sacrifice for him. I mean, he did that instead of leaving her. And He's I mean, what? Her. We talking about Derwin. Exactly. Davis. I said. <laughs> And, and he you did that. He made that decision a, instead of leaving her. He's the man that goes to church on Sunday. They calls his grandma once a week. He ain't divorcing Melanie. Derwin said, "I got a wife and a baby mama." Okay, that we also talk about. <laughs> I wrote baby that because that part had me so weak. <laughs> that part had me so weak. I was like, "Really, Derwin?" I mean, it may not be. I don't know if it's. I don't know if it's considered a sacrifice, but I think that he did the right thing by going with her like because the argument can also be made that melanie could have waited until after the season like but you know she made her move when she was ready and he made his move when he was ready and i also wrote down women where is that at oh both melanie and derwin are selfish i wrote that down too why do you say that they belong together i mean yes if you if you if if you're talking seasons one through five they have both shared the blame in being selfish. If you were talking yeah. about this season five, Derwin. Oh Derwin, no, I Derwin. think that's just as a whole. Oh. No, Melanie had her and Melanie had her selfish moments this season too. Um, Where? But Where? they both. Me- Melanie has Melanie can be very selfish um, with her tantrums and how she chooses to handle things. In what season the- five. She- let me see. I feel like you shut you shut me up earlier when you said I Melanie think, um, confessed by episode two. She was already laying all her. She was laying everything out. That don't make her less selfish. I mean, I'm saying. Oh, she I think. Um, oh, 
Melan really Me- Melanie Barnett Davis. There's always room for fuckery. Um, <laughs> I wrote down. I think I was talking about the um, yes. I was talking about the surrogate surrogacy when I say I see both sides between Melanie and Derwin. I see Derwin's point of view. Oh, I see both sides of Melanie and Derwin's point of view. But I felt like Melanie was being selfish by once again, like wanting it her way or, you know, like Derwin didn't want to have the baby by Tasha. She was pushing it. Like, why does he not get to have a say in it either? Like, why can't we agree on a surrogate? And if we don't agree on this one, then we can agree on another one. Like, but Der- <sighs> uh, okay. I'm, I, I am with you to a certain point. I do think that Melanie was driving the situation, but I believe that she had to, Otherwise, nothing would have happened. I think Derwin's response to Tasha, while there is some valid points to be made, I don't believe that he actually made them. He did more of a... He was just more... I wrote this down, but in general, is Derwin a fuckboy? Like, but Derwin does things just because. I think because he can. Because he's in the position to be able to make those decisions. Not because there's any rational or logic behind it. So, while I can see why Tasha didn't need to be want, need to be the surrogate... I think he was just doing it to be petty. He was upset with Tasha. He was upset, you know. Derwin is, Derwin is fighting for control this whole season. He is fighting, like, oh, to yeah, puff I broke, his chest. Now, yeah. And that was another moment for him to, like, own the situation. I still agree with Derwin. I mean, and if both and if both parties ain't on board with the surrogacy, I'm t- like, it's just, ain't, there's no need for you to argue me down about why this person, like, if we're not on board together or we're just not to get there. Like, I don't know. Anything else on Derwin and Melanie this season? Let me see what I wrote. Yes, I wrote, okay. I said Derwin was right when he said Melanie took it too far when she fired Tasha because he didn't say that. Oh, Oh, okay, this is what you're talking about. I said, I said money does not buy happiness. I felt for Melanie when she was crying in the car as TT and Tasha, oh, as TT and Tasha were leaving. Ah, that part hurt me weak. You shouldn't be, you shouldn't watch this. Just go. <laughs> it's not <laughs> weak. Oh, but Melanie looks so sad. Like I did not like them not talking. To, oh, that's a whole other stop. Yes. Um, who the fuck does Derwin think he is? Who the fuck does Derwin think he is? Why did I write that? Who the fuck? Does Probably Derwin when he was going on that rant. All right. Well, since you are trying to figure out if you have anything else written down for Derwin and Melanie, I'm just going to read off some things that I had wrote down about them that I just noticed throughout the season that had me weak. I wrote down Melanie Boom Derwin when his cousin, his play cousin came into town and she overheard that conversation and ended up sending him out with him anyway. I wrote Derwin grow up. That was in reference to Derwin um, having his little fit about Quan, the quarterback. That was getting on my nerves. I also wrote down, if I hear Derwin say ninja one more time, (laughs) that was driving me crazy. Like, I know that was the substitute for nigga, but Derwin and his ninjas was getting on my nerves. Derwin's Um, language was extra corny this season for some reason to me. Derwin is is corny. Like, I think I wrote down, oh, I think I wrote down somewhere Derwin is corny. Oh, 
well, actually, I wrote down this episode with all of Melanie's exes are corny. Where's Derwin's exes? But then I forgot, like, he got Janae and all that shit. And then, oh, I wrote down as well. I love the, yes, I love the church episode about um, when Derwin and Melanie went. And at first they was in VIP mm-hmm. with D-Ray. And then they was in the back and do ask Derwin for money. I was weak. Oh, and the last thing about Derwin and Melanie, I wrote in all caps, United Front went about Melanie and, I mean, about Derwin's cousin when he was there because Mel- like that's basically what Melanie was saying to Derwin at the end of the episode like don't throw me under the bus because you try you know you trying to avoid blah 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 and really because I also wrote down because Derwin to me had survivor's remorse when it came to his cousin and that's why he was doing that but they should have had like they should have had a united front instead of Derwin trying to throw Melanie under the bus so he wouldn't have to go out with his cousin and that's why I said Melanie boomed his ass Speaking of hashtag uh, yeah. United Front, I wrote down too. The, I can't. Maybe that's the same scene. I can't remember. But I thought of you, and I thought of hashtag United Front when she said, "I'm always on your side out there in this world. I have your back." But in the truth bubble, I'm not gonna blow smoke up your ass. And I said, mm, "That's exactly. Mm-hmm. That's that's what that United Front is. Of course, I'm gonna stand beside you." Which she actually. You asked me, did I have another comment? Actually, I thought it was. Very, uh, it was important to me when I finally realized it watching it for the 100th time, I guess, or maybe the 50th time, because I haven't seen season four as much, as much as I've seen the other ones, to know that as when Derwin was on all that fuck shit, I mean, that live TV stuff with his baby mamas and uh, yeah. that Melanie stuck beside him, that she never said anything in any public space or they never like she, she only addressed her issues with him. And I thought, I mean, to him. And I just thought that was important in, in displaying that united front and showing that although Melanie definitely disagrees with him, although Derwin is definitely going down a crazy path, although Melanie is figuring shit out and is having to have those tough conversations with herself and Derwin, she still she still wrote for her man, right? Like she was his ride or die in those moments. And I thought that's why I believe that they were going to last, you know. That's why I believe that at the end of the season, no matter what, that they were going to be together. Like, mm, And I'm going to stick by him. Uh-huh. <laughs> That's my man. Yes. All right. So now let's move on to Jason and Chardonnay. I was going to do um, Malik and Tasha, but I'm going to save them for last. Jason and Chardonnay. So brief synopsis of them, I guess. Jason meet Chardonnay. I don't even want to say meet, but he... Um, First had an encounter with Chardonnay at the bar that they all go to. What is the name of that bar? Do you know the name of the bar? Um, ah, they've said it so much. Uh, I know. Is it some kind of like sky something? The sky bar? Sky, sky dive? I don't know. It Maybe it'll th- we'll Google it. So anyway, um, he encounters her there. She is the bartender. He is being jackass Jason. And on his, I bought the city is. <laughs> I brought this city a championship BS that he does everywhere that he goes. Um, And so he ends up getting her fired, you know, for her attitude. And then, so I don't know. So I'm guessing this is what they use to like rope it together as to why he felt bad and why he went, you know, went to find Chardonnay again to apologize. Um, But I don't know if you noticed it was like after something had happened with him and Brittany, like he, he got upset. Him and Brittany were on the outs his daughter um and he finds her kissing this boy it's, it's a white guy and when he says something to her you know she's like you know how we do yes. and he's like you know yeah i thought Ugh. like okay if this is like if, if this is the way that y'all want to connect it but okay um 
But once again, I had one of the... Oh, okay. Let me finish the synopsis before I go into what I'm talking about. So any... Because I was about to just start talking, y'all. Y'all know how I do. So anyway, Jason and... So Jason, like, apologizes to Chardonnay. They end up going out for drinking and ended up... Excuse me. They end up going to drink in Mexico because Jason knew a cheap taco spot with his cheap ass. And so they... they and so they get married while they're there because they didn't got blackout drunk pretty much. Um, Chardonnay does it as a joke. You know, Jason is upset at first, but at, at, of course, you know, he tries to go through the whole annulment thing. But I think Chardonnay is like, I'm gonna make you wait it out, whatever, whatever. So they start dating and for lack of better words, we see Jason pretty much quote unquote tap into his black side this season. Um, and through that, he meets Chardonnay who had a very different, you know, she's from a different upbringing. She had a different background. And, and so over the course of the season, we see him like fall in love with Chardonnay, fall in love with Chardonnay and the, in her personality, like he, I believe he lets his own prejudices go. Uh, when it comes to black women, because we find out like, uh, you know, he had been scorned in the past, which, okay. And so I'm sorry, cause I was about to go back into my own explanation again, but so we, we find out he's been scorned in the past. Um, but anyway, they develop this relationship. They take their time. We see them, like we see him actually court her and them get to uh, know each other. He falls in love with her. And they end up like actually being together for real over the season, um, which I, this probably was one of my, I, it's, well, I was going to say in the top three, but really ain't that many storylines, but I really did like Jason and Charnay. I like seeing them. Um, I, I did write something down as a reference point because, you know, I was trying to explain what type of uh, woman Charnay was. But when he told Derwin and Malik yeah. that he was dating a black woman, and Malik said, like, my mama black, Eric. That's it. I. <laughs> um, Camille. I died, and that's it. <laughs> my girl, right. real black. My mama, that's it. My yeah. mama black? That's, yo, yo. Oh, my gosh. Great way to. I, they did great with that. Anyway, um. But yes, okay, so let's get into what we thought about Jason and Chardonnay. I just said it was like really one of my favorite, um, it was my favorite plot line throughout the series. There we go. Because I really did like seeing Jason go back. Oh, and I wrote down, okay, um, Tiffany Haddish and Kevin. I wrote Mitchell. that down too. <laughs> as soon yes. as I said, wait a minute. Yes, like oh my gosh! And again, guys, I've said it like in the beginning of this episode. I mean, I've said it in the beginning of this mini. So I'm saying it now, and I'm probably gonna say it at the end. This was a really good season, okay? Like season five really surprised me with the rewatch. But anyway, um, yes. How did you feel about it? I'm sorry, I'm hyped. I feel like I'm taking up. Uh -oh. <laughs> I actually, I, I'm with you. I like Jason and Chardonnay's storyline. I feel like to me. Jason and Chardonnay's storyline gave me a good balance of serious, heartfelt moments that I could feel and funny in comparison to comparison mm -hmm. to Speak of Joy, although sometimes necessary. But I'm comparing it to Jason, I mean, Derwin and Melanie because their storyline just has a lot of depth. But yes. Jason is funny, right? Chardonnay is funny. So they're able to bring that oh with it as gosh. well, which makes you connect uh, to them and root for them, too, in a way. Like, I was rooting for them. Uh, Heck yes. <laughs> although I don't remember what I was thinking when I first saw that season, like, you know, way back when. But I was rooting for them this, this time, although I knew they were going to get together. Uh, yeah. I. Ah, uh, okay. 
I wrote a couple of things down, but when Jason accidentally said, I love you, that was such a sweet moment. Mm. Like, that, mm. like that takes me back to those moments where they could have, they could blend a sweet moment with funny all at the same time. And I was just, I was with it. Yes. Uh, you know, Chardonnay made a good point to Jason. I think one of the reasons why Jason likes Chardonnay is because he, you're right, she has a different upbringing than him. And so he, she's able to give him a different perspective on situations that it sounds like he had already had his mind damn near made up about. So yes, I think Chardonnay made a good point to Jason when she said, she essentially said that Jason was living in this world. Um, oh, okay, sorry. So I think... So to that point, I think Chardonnay made a good point to Jason when he came to her, you know, after Jason was tapping into all those things and now he's being hypersensitive and hyper aware to what's going on. He came back to Chardonnay and essentially said, like, how do you live this way? How can you live this way? Which makes me think of James Baldwin. But Chardonnay made a good point when she said, essentially, you have to be aware when you're living in this world, you being black isn't going to change. So you just have to be aware of your surroundings, but you still have to find a way to live and be happy. And I think that to me was... Like, a moment that showed why Chardonnay was good for Jason. She doesn't necessarily have all the experience. Her experience is different from Jason's, and they seem to complement each other. Mm -hmm. I so agree. Ah, okay. The part where where Brandy, the party. mm, Well, I wrote down Brandy because I got tired of typing Chardonnay. Um, (laughs) The party that Chardonnay threw for Jason and his friends, hilarious. But it did make me wonder. It made me wonder a couple of things. Do you consider Jason and Tasha friends? No. <laughs> but, I, well, see, I think friends is a strong word for them, but I do think that they have a, a bond, a connection. Like, But I just wouldn't call it a friendship. I think they have mutual respect for each other in some ways, you know, through their own little caddy back and forth. But, I mean, she kept his kid, you know, like, ah, and actually, I think they wanted, as you're saying uh, that, I'm looking at the scene where Jason talk about this season and those good moments where Jason came to ta- Jason Jason came to Tasha yeah, to complain or to whatever did. figure out what's going on with Chardonnay. And she's sitting here giving him real life advice. I mean, she is Tasha, but she is giving him real life advice. Yes. So it makes me wonder. Like, and you know, it's funny that you said that because I thought that to me, it's an, uh, uh, when that moment happened, I was like, I feel like they stretched it like with this with Jason going to Tasha, like because I just. I guess from my point of view, I just can't see him going to Tasha. But it was still a really good moment. Mm-hmm. Okay. Who would Jason go to? I think, J- see, I think it makes sense to me because Jason uses his resource. Jason works smarter, not harder, and saves as much money as he possibly can. He's re- re- resourceful. Okay. So to him, so Tasha is the closest thing to understanding this new world that he's stepping into. I don't know who else he yes. would have gone to. Okay. Um, Malik. I mean, he could have went to Malik. Yeah, but Malik. Think about who Malik is and how she, how he would have yeah. responded. That's how he yeah. responded in every situation, right? Like there, it wouldn't have been the type of information that he needed to be able to run the Chardonnay like moment. he did, um, right? That's why I think they're. Fr- I don't know if I think they're friends. I mean, can you be family and not friends? Like I don't. I don't, I don't yes. know. Okay. Anyway. Yes. Okay. But I do think That's the Chardonnay. But all of that was to say, I think the Chardonnay and Jason relationship does help to strengthen or solidify their friendship. Or their relationship in a way that's not connect. Yeah, this this in a in in a way that's not connected to the game. Uh, oh, okay. Yeah. So. Yeah, I see that. Mm, I wrote down <sighs> Jason's fake breakup with Chardonnay. Okay, I know I'm jumping all the way to the end of this, 
But I really... No, I was just thinking about it. I was so... I thought that was so stupid. That's exactly what I wrote down. I said totally unnecessary. Yes. So stupid. Didn't make sense. And actually, I forgot that that was going to happen. So when it did happen, I was sitting there like, Me? what? Huh? Aaron, I thought I was in the wrong season. I was like, wait what? a minute. I thought he was... <laughs> I was like, I thought that this is when they was going to get together for, I had forgot all about him, um, helping her get spot an A. Oh my goodness. That means, Aaron, that means this next season. Now the, the constant in this next season is, uh, Jason and, uh, Jason and Tasha's beef. Okay. And the way that they talk. Oh my gosh. Oh, I did. Hilarious. I tried to click something and it told me, it showed me a scene from next season. I'm ready. I'm ready. Tasha's yes. daddy comes into town. I'm ready. Okay. Yeah. Um, uh, I think that's all I got so far for Jason and Jason and Chardonnay. I mean, I got a couple of little things like when Jason got high off the brownies. I thought that was such a good episode, oh, and I appreciated I the weak. guys' interaction with him at that moment. I wrote, I wish we could have seen Melanie and Brandy. Laura Brandy, I told you what I wrote down. Melanie and Chardonnay interact beyond that one scene at the end of the the whole season because oh, yeah. I thought that I, yeah. I thought that was a missed opportunity. Which takes me to my next question to you: Are Melanie and Jason friends? Like I don't think no. they are. Like I think that's I don't a clear think note. Jason is friends with any of the wives though. Like not for real. Like yeah, he went to Tasha, but I think like huh, I don't know. Because I would call Tasha. I, I, I really. I would call Derwin. I mean, not Derwin. I would call Malik and Melanie friends. Yes, I would too. They live together, so yeah. I mean, they. You know, he was there for her. He was like, yeah, I would call them friends. I mean, she's the reason. She has the name girl Melanie. He is the reason she has the name girl Melanie. So yes. Okay, but it was. I think it was just a season with his interaction with Chardonnay because this was sort of the first real season that we get to see Jason build a life outside of Kelly, and mm-hmm. it made me wonder those connections because Jason's connection to Tasha and Melanie was through okay. you know through the, through the Sabers and through you know their mm-hmm. men. Uh, but if that's not the case, then. Anyway, so it just made me wonder, like, it made me wish that Chardonnay and Branton, Chardonnay, Chardonnay and Melanie would have had more scenes together, <laughs> and it made me wonder about Jason. Like, yeah, I'm with you. This, their, their, their whole thing, individually and collectively, was good. It was really good. I just the the thing that I wrote down uh, with them. Do you remember when Chardonnay was pretty much going in on Jason um, about his quote unquote white boy ways, and um, she was talking about his shorts, and he was like, they were cargo shorts, and she was like, baby, they were above the knees. Aaron, I don't that part <laughs> at me dying. Like there were so many little things between them, um, and I think that's why I really really appreciated their storyline. Like you're right, they were. To me, just as much comedy as the next folks that I'm going to talk about. Um, but only if we're done talking about Jason and Chardonnay. But drop bar. That's where she worked at. The drop bar. Yes. I, okay. Go ahead, Aaron. Yeah, man. I just really love them. But I agree with you as well. I thought the breakup thing was stupid. What else? Did I write anything else down? I probably did, but I can't see on my little paper because, oh, gosh. Okay. I got one more thing. Um, okay. Go ahead. <sighs> How did you feel about Jason's reasoning for not dating black girls? That's what I wanted to go back to. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> Actually, let me. Remember. How did you feel about Jason's reasoning for dating the people that he dates? Um, I mean, I kind of thought, you know, I kind of thought it was BS, but I also thought, like, you know what? Your perception is your reality. Um, but I think it's also like, dude, that's you. Like, how do you stereotype? all black women 
off of this one girl that said she don't date white boys. Like, and, and when you were a kid, kids are cruel. Like kids say all kind of mean, dumb stuff or whatever. But like, okay, so the other girls was there to dance with you. So you can't, you have not met any other black women along your way um, in life to give another one a chance. Like, I hate to even say, you know what? I don't know. I hate to even say that because if that's how you feel, then yeah, leave us alone. But I mean, <laughs> he just... <laughs> He just generalized like all black women based off of his experience with one black woman. And he also did the same to white women for real. Like they're there to pick up the pieces, which is pretty much how he treated Kelly. Like you're here to pick up the pieces. Like you're here to make me feel better about myself. That's, that's your worth to me. I don't know. So. Hmm. I didn't think it was BS. And I think. I was, I, actually, when I tell you, I seriously tried to, it, it was the moment in the season where I felt like I needed to seriously think, because uh, I felt like we were going to talk about it, one, and then two, I just, I don't remember, I didn't, I don't, I thought that Jason had those experiences at a moment that was going to form, maybe because I've been reading about, you know, thinking about, reading about, at, at moments in our life that form and shape who we are, and I think he had that experience right during that time, and so I could see why mm. his experience, or why his view of black women would be negative i don't know and then i guess yeah i actually thought it made total sense because when you juxtapose that with all the praise and adoration and the moments where he felt good it makes sense that he would then go for the thing that does that uh but off of one experience that's like saying the first girl i dated broke my heart so now i'm not gonna date i don't know is that not no, what happens are there not are there not women the one, the first time you get your heart broken sh- changes how you deal with women, uh, and I'm I'm st- I'm using women because I'm thinking about specific scenarios. But there are stories or scenarios, yeah, where men have had their heart broken by a female, and it has just changed how they completely deal with people moving forward. Well, we've seen that I on TV shows it. too, right? Like, yeah, I mean, just for, but that like to not. Get, I mean, yes, it may change how you deal with women, but we're talking like he's. It didn't just change how he dealt with women. Like, it changed how he looked at a race of women. Like, Is it I don't know. Mama won't black, but you know. As, your mama black, your daddy black. He, he been with your black mama his whole life. I don't know. You know, Jason's perception was his reality. That's. But I just thought that was like, a, I thought that was a, 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 I thought that was a good, not a good. I thought that that. Actually, when, when it was all said and done, I thought it was important to highlight why Jason is who he is or to give us a little insight. Uh, I didn't think it was BS. Mm-hmm. I'm sitting here thinking, like, uh, yeah. Yeah. I guess. <laughs> I I'm interested to see where this goes. I'm so interested. I'm, I, when I say I'm looking forward to the seasons that I haven't seen with them, because I clicked on YouTube for a second. I got on YouTube for a second, and I saw this scene. I didn't click on it where it says, I guess, Jason tried to get Kelly back. I, I'm really trying to see how, the, how they're... How how Jason and Chardonnay get to that point. That's what I was going to say. I was, I'm kind of like, as I was watching, um, I'm sorry, guys, this is just my last point. But as I was watching, um, I was a little pissed off at the writers as to where they took it because Jason and Chardonnay really worked. Like, And I think it gave it a better um, storyline in the, the series versus what we had with like, the repetitiveness of what we, the repetition of how we saw him interacting with Kelly. Like it seemed like Jason was starting to 
not just um, look at black women different, but just respect women in general more. Like Chardonnay, um, the way she checked him, I felt like made him kind of like start to be more sensitive or at least more sympathetic. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. More sympathetic. Um, Versus when we see like, I mean, I can remember when Kelly comes back. It's just like, and now that I watch season five, really? Like, that's what y'all? Okay. I don't know. Just the foolishness. But Kelly was good for the first three seasons, maybe even season four. But the moment that Chardonnay came in, you, it, it, it was like, huh, this is where this is where we're supposed to be. This is where Jason Yeah, is. it just it was just really different. I'm with you on it was that. Just nice and I do think the other thing to appreciate about Jason and Chardonnay is we get to see Jason have to deal with somebody who doesn't need him, who money yes. for them is not uh, the end all to be all and so she deals with Thanks. him in that way versus juxtaposed to Kelly who which I'm not knocking Kelly she married him she had children by him she devoted her life to him her money is come is his money or his, her money comes from him so it is more mm-hmm. important but it does create it does I think give a sense of freedom and I think it I think it also I think uh, last point is I also think it confuses Jason because he's not used to having to deal with somebody who's who doesn't mm-hmm. need him who's not just as rich so for him he's trying to lead with that lean with that and use that and she and she's not she does she's not buying that spot nate i mean spot nate mm. <laughs> yes yeah, come on just as happy and just as fine right but she was about to let her light stay off what? she wasn't gonna let jason pay for it i thought it was yes. his rationale and all the things that he said but it it, it just creates yeah you're right it just so makes that situation that much more better yeah, okay, it was just uh, good chemistry. Okay. Okay, so let's get into our last um, synopsis uh, for Malik and Tasha. So over season five, we see Tasha and Malik both going through their own individual stuff. With Malik, what I want to talk about for I mean, the, the biggest thing with Malik this season was his relationship with Jenna and his football career. That I want to start with Jenna. Aaron, 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 say so, okay? Okay. Because first of all, all, I wrote down this cheap, this cheap ass drug addict, and I mean, and I I mean that with no disrespect, but the way she was acting, girl, get the what, what, like in that club? Oh my gosh! Like uh, just the different moments of her um, going through her addiction, like. I don't know, Aaron. It was cheap. She walked but, from the set of the Have and Have Nots over to the game set and, and forgot <sighs> forgot where she was. Oh, no. <laughs> no disrespect to Tika Sumter because I, I I think she is a good, you know, good actor. I don't have problems with her. I'm just making fun. <laughs> oh, okay. Ah. I ain't say nothing, sis. So, <laughs> I ain't say nothing. So, um, but no, it was cheap. I'm sorry. It was cheap. I was mad. I was actually mad at Malik. Well, I was mad at Malik throughout the season for even like dealing with her. Like, dude, are you really about to throw your career away over this female? Like she clearly has issues that you can't resolve. Like TT was trying to tell him. Tasha was trying to tell him like, you know, pause on the episode where the, um, the drug dealer came, the lady from Legally Blonde. Yes, <laughs> I oh, I love her. I love her. Like, just, and everything I see her in, I love her. I was weak. Um, but also, once again, 
cheap ass drug addict. Like, uh, 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 anyway, um, that come back to like, okay, I'm gonna stop. I'm gonna, but you know I what? think I'm her scenes were that. funny. I mean, they were cheap, but I, I, I think her Who, scene, the, the, the drug, lady, yes, or I think they, fit oh, yeah, with yeah, the yeah. Show. I ain't t- no, no, no. I'm talking about, um, Tika, like when she gave her the EpiPen or whatever, that, that, and the, the, <gasps> all of that, and. <laughs> I'm sorry, man. There were just some moments. There were just some moments. Aaron, when she went, okay, first of all, huh, Malik, you supposed to be at your championship game. Oh, my God. You are back at this. You done pick her up. Y'all sitting in the middle of nowhere. Why you can't, Aaron, I wrote down, why the fuck you can't drive around these sheep? Like, all he had to do was back up, drive in the grass a little bit, and get around these sheep. She's sitting there tripping about him, the girl texting him, Girl, you get you basically gave him permission to be Malik. Like you knew who he was or whatever, and now you're upset about it. And then you gonna throw my key, <sighs> Aaron. Aaron, that type of stuff right there. Um, what else was it? For a second, I didn't know what she was gonna do when the cops came, and I felt myself being triggered because all I kept thinking was, "You're." This- your nonsense, your foolishness could cost him his life. Anyway, you know, look, look, I just, foolishness. What else did I write down? Aaron, I was really upset at her. Oh, okay. So that's basically all I wrote down about that. As far as Malik and his career, you know, I felt bad for Malik this season and watching him go through the struggle of pretty much trying to be back on the team and getting clean and trying to be a better person. But still having the the consequences of his actions hold him back. As far as him sleeping with the owner's wife. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, but yes. Okay. Anything on Malik as individually? Uh, him and Jenna or the Yeah, the yeah. Gang? So I wrote down. Okay. I, to, to your point about Jenna and Malik, I wrote down, we got to see Malik really try and commit to Jenna, which I could appreciate when I thought about it. Because at the end of the season, I wrote down, Malik ended the season back on top. And I think that's what we got to see throughout, you know, season five was Malik take this journey to, from, you know, starting from the bottom. Now we're here. He was humbled. And throughout each episode, to me, I got to see him sort of build, rebuild his confidence, his, I don't know the correct word, but, and I think you needed Jennifer. I think a part of the, re, I think a part of that, I think you needed Jennifer some of that. Now we could question how they used her, but I think the, the story of Jennifer. <laughs> <laughs> was important to Malik's recovery because he needed to be able to see someone who was going down the wrong path when he was trying to get on the right path. Uh, mm. That's a good way of looking at it. Malik is only 27 in season five. I wrote that down. Okay. So the family scene with Malik remembering, like, family has his back no matter what. Actually, I so appreciated that scene. Yes. And I think that to me that was, was, nice. was a part of what was missing from Malik's life was he was just caught Malik was in his own bubble right he's been caught up in this this football bubble in his own world and he hadn't stopped to actually assess uh things in his life beyond the moment and so going back to Mm -hmm. Richmond Richmond right yes going back to Richmond I think helped to do that Loretta Devine is Tasha's mama and Aaron damn it you got to it before I did I forgot to say it's oh, that's Malik. Sorry, that just threw him. Um, okay, and the last thing, which I thought was, you know, it, it happened twice, Ashley, but I caught it the first time with Malik, and it was, 
it really is a thing to talk about one day, not necessarily on this show, but I think it's something to explore. Uh, so Malik was molested. Malik, Malik makes a joke about being molested. Yes. And they sort of yes. kiki about it. Uh, Derwin made a, set, a similar comment later on, but I just wanted to point that out. Like we, that they made a joke of it. Uh, mm-hmm. And maybe because I'm watching it now, it mm-hmm. um, I just, it just it just stood out to me a lot, and I thought that that said a lot or helped to uh, show some of why Malika is who he is. Okay, that's all I got. Okay, that's the okay. I didn't, you know, okay. I remember seeing that episode in real time, and I remember the the joke that they made of it, and I remember kind of like uh, cringing at it because I. You know, it's just not a joke. So, but that's interesting. Like, I guess I didn't give it more thought after that because I was too busy wrapped up in like, that wasn't a joke. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, that does, that could explain a lot of who Malik is. You're right. Um, also, okay. So speaking of seeing why people the way that they are, or at least some of it, Tasha and her mama, because you know, the incomparable Loretta Divine, ladies and gentlemen. Boy, she be playing these roles. I love Loretta in comparison Divine. to her real like when always. you see her in a real interview like it I'm always amazed. You know what? I don't think I've ever like sat down and watched like a real interview. Now I'm gonna have to look that up. Watch okay. her. As a matter of fact, go watch the Waiting to Exhale interview on Oprah. Oh my gosh! To okay. see Loretta Divine, you just called her the incomparable. To see Loretta Divine be depicted as like a newcomer in this game and how she approached. Anyway, just it, watch that interview. Oh, I feel excited just thinking about it. Okay. I'm definitely gonna do that. Um, yes, okay, but I want to, I want to talk about Tasha and her mom, um, and we see those like when I was watching it. To me, I just felt like generational curses or those those things that hold us back from our childhood. Mm-hmm. That now Tasha is in her 40s, and it's still something that she struggles with with her mother. She a grown ass woman, like for real, for real, in your 40s, like, and you're don't you're successful you know in what you've done with your life you made a mistake when you were young and i guess it depends on if you want to consider it a mistake but you made a decision in your youth that affected your life then and i mean now but your mama's still holding that over you or won't you know kind of thing so to your face. i don't know that <laughs> to your face, to your she's, face. Still, she's still <laughs> interacting with you but, but, the way she always has yes yes like the fact that you're 42 means nothing to her. Um, but that was interesting to see, um, especially because I say, mm, I'll say it again, season five, especially because I feel like now that I'm older, you know, there are, there are conversations with my mom that, I mean, may not get as in like that with Loretta. Well, how it was with Loretta, but that me and my mom bump heads about whether it's from the past or currently. And sometimes I just look at her like, Lady, I'm grown. Like, I don't know. Like, to me, like, it's like, huh? But I don't know. And so watching that with Tasha just made me feel like, wow. Like, huh. I mean, that's real. You know, it is real life. Like, yes, this has been put in a TV show for it to be funny and dramatic and all of that good stuff. But it's real life for some people. So that was interesting to see. Wait, um, quickly, before you move on past that, I uh, thought about the, the conversation that we've had where we had, where we were talking about essentially where... You you recognize where you are in your life right now, and so you you want to be treated, it, you know, as an adult, not like a child. And I made the mm-hmm. point that I am, and I made the point almost the exact opposite. Like we are, I am who I am around my parents, and and that is what it is. I mean, I didn't say it in that way, but anyway, I, when I look at that situation, I go, 
what does the fight look like? How much of that was Tasha needs to be respected as an adult versus you need to respect her as your mother? That 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 is how I looked at that situation, which then made me think about hmm. situations where as where as children become adults and they want more respect uh, in their minds, right? They want more respect from their parents. Is it really you want more respect, or now that you're in a position in life where you're being treated more like adult out, and you know where you're where you're being treated a certain way? outside of your parents that you want to bring that into that space. And I don't necessarily think that that's always correct. Like there's something to be said about, about being a child, chi- chi- child, I'm not trying to say baby, but you know, being the the child in that experience that we will see later on benefits Tasha when her dad comes into play. Sorry, that's that's where I'm think, taking that is we'll see in the next season when Tasha's dad comes into play like that, that need to be treated as an adult doesn't always, doesn't always benefit you. I think it depends on the relationship because I, I mean, the way Tasha's mama was like, like you don't have to make me feel you don't still have to bring up a decision I made so many years ago like and like Tasha said like and you exactly and Tasha said you know I'm sorry I embarrassed you I'm sorry I was the and that and that that was probably a lot of what it was about and your embarrassment doesn't have anything to do with me like I okay I made my decision it's not your decision like it's no it's nothing against you so it's not fair for Tasha's mama, like years, like you said, Malika's 27. You, he 27 and you still bringing this up and he's your grandbaby. You probably love him to life, but you still making me feel little about a, de- a decision that I made that I can't change. Like, ah, what's the point in that? She's set in her ways. I don't say, well, listen, because we listen. know later on, I'm sorry. I just point that out because we know at the, by the end of that episode that that is not how her mom feels so heartily and that the right? world I mean, yes. and that she treats... It, almost like we we talked about earlier with Melanie and Derwin, how she is, how she treats Tasha when it's them is different from how she portrays her relationship for just for how she feels about her daughter in the outside world. And yeah, what does it do to love me behind closed doors? I don't know that. Oh, I'm not saying it's benefiting, but I do think that like I'm not coming down on Loretta because I don't know her name in the show. I'm not coming down on Loretta for. Mama. Um, <laughs> I don't think I don't think her interaction with her is is malicious. I think a part of it is she's set in her ways. And so a part of the, the challenge as the children of adults who are set in their ways is recognizing that versus like my mom or dad is just being spiteful and they're being mean and I need to check them on it. Like you are who you are and people don't always agree with that. So Tasha's mom. Anyway, that was just my point in that. Okay. Um, what else do we see Tasha go through this? Se- oh, okay. What? <laughs> so speaking of, <laughs> yes, cause I was about to say, speaking of hometown Richmond, Cali, uh, Tasha finds out that Pookie is in love with her or not even finds. I think maybe he confirmed it because I think I believe she always knew. Um, And so we start to see this relationship bud and time go on. Let me tell you one of my favorite top five scenes from this uh, this season is Tasha in that cupcake meeting talking about all her past uh, lovers. <laughs> and then when she says she just want to bash her cupcake in her boyfriend's mouth or whatever. I don't know. I just want to bash my cupcake in his face. That Boy, that is hilarious. gold right there. That should that should have been an Emmy right there. I just want to bash my cupcake in his face. I love that. <laughs> listen, weak. When I tell you I was weak, I hollered. I'm so glad nobody was at work while I was watching that episode. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Uh, yes. Yeah, so we see, um, not only, wait, first, before we get to Pookie, I just have to talk about Tasha with the male escort and Ren. I was hollering when he tell her, can you please not call me a hoe? I'm somebody's child. Oh my God. Oh my God. I was 
week. Um, also, I wrote down with that part. I love Malik's relationship with Tasha and how he show up for his mama like that. When he told her to throw that drink in his face, like check your boy. <laughs> and so weak like oh my god they're like the way he protects his mama he he go hard for his mama and she does the same for him but i love that Cold. but yeah and also her her right. and tt had some funny scenes because of her um dating the male escort as well i ain't gonna call him the hoe because he's somebody's child but yes <laughs> they had some funny scenes as well <laughs> i wrote down Cole and look like cole in the game boy cole had grown up Cole had some swag. Yes. He had a whole. Yes. Had, Cole looked good. I mean, at, towards the end of his run, it was kind of cheap. You see, his cheapness started to unfold, and I think that was by design. But the way he came yeah. in, I was like, mm, mm-hmm. is this the Cole that's, they used to date Big Shirley? That's Cole that used to date Big Shirley. Oh, Ooh, man. And you're right about TT. I th- I'm telling you, TT invested in his acting skills because I was way more impressed in season five. Every season, I've gotten a little bit more impressed. Mm. I guess. <laughs> Let me stop. Um, okay, so yeah, so um, now we can talk about Tasha and Pookie. Um, I re- oh man, you know, I, I we saw at the end of season five what the setup is, but I really like Tasha and Pookie together. They're another couple that I like, um, like Jason and Charnay, because. He gets her, he's so, that, again, that episode with the Cupcake Squad, um, and the way that he set in, and the way that he gave his perspective on what those women were going through, and, and on Latasha, whatever her middle name is, right? Um, Sir Joyner. <laughs> Sir Joyner, yes, okay, yes. I loved it. I just, I really like Pookie. Um, I think he's good for Tasha, and she just doesn't. She knows it, but she don't know it, know it yet. But yeah, yeah. But what do you think about? I thought, yeah, you're right, Pookie. P- <sighs> when when you're not worried about whether somebody's good or bad for you, or wh- when you're not when you're not worried about whether you're good enough for someone, it, it and that's uh, sorry. Mm. I think what I got to see with Pookie versus Ricky, 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 right? Rick Fox, mm. pretty Ricky, what they called mm. him. Rick Fox was. Tasha didn't lead with the thought that this man is too good for her and she needs to try to meet him where he, where he's at. But Oh, okay. And so yeah. to me that just created a, a it, it created space and room for them to be able to breathe and to actually explore the relationship itself versus we got to see I think Tasha was exploring. I think when we got to see Tasha, although I like Tasha and Rick together, Tasha was more so trying to meet him where he was at. And I think that that took away from their ability to truly grow. And it was also mm-hmm. a part of the reason why they were able to break up so easily because for her, she always felt like she was on borrowed time with him. And mm-hmm. she was just all, and it felt like she was looking for a, a way out or looking for, she was looking for, she was looking for the trouble that she thought existed. And so when she found yeah, it, okay. you know, it just played into it versus Pookie is like, I've known Pookie, you know, Pookie knew me when Come I had nothing. Brother Jones. <laughs> right. Pookie knew me when I had nothing, was nothing. And now I got some... Re- and now I got money because I, I sorry. My last point is I genuinely think that she was not checking for Pookie at first when she told him he could come stay on her couch. I felt that moment as like right, like you the hometown homie, friend like, zone. Like, yeah, yeah. You know I got like Pookie. You done looked out for me and my family beyond anything. Like you can come stay. And so it wasn't until she realized that her brain started to shift. And when your brain starts to shift. All the things I think when you when you when you start to shift your perspective of someone from friend to potential like lover, all the things start to come into play, and mm. 
I think that's why it made their relationship that much stronger, right? They had a history that existed beyond the Sabres. Erin, mm. I, I like your perspective on Tasha and Pookie. Like, and Tasha and Rick. Okay. But see, and you've seen this okay. to the end, Ashley, because I have questions that I don't, that I don't know that, like, I know what happens that, I know what, all, well, actually, I don't know what happens with them. I know what happens with Jason and oh. Kelly and them, but I don't know what happens. And the thing I kept wondering was, do we find out who the baby daddy is? Sorry, spoiler alert for those who haven't seen beyond this moment. Do we find out who the baby daddy is? And do we actually get to see who Tasha picks? Like, those are things I don't know. Oh, okay. So I have well, things to look forward to. <laughs> like, I know yes, what you do. happens. But I, like, I mean, I know, you know, she has the baby at some point, but I don't know who the daddy is. And I don't know who she ultimately ends up picking. So for me, it was oh, like, man. I was excited about season five and I was very disappointed by how it ended. Um. Oh, that's right. Because Rick calls at the end, right? Does he call? No, he pops up at the door. She opens the door and he's No, there. I thought he was called. Oh, is oh, was he there? Right? She that opened was... the door. I oh, I don't know. I mean, you could him. be right. Oh, and he just popped up on her. Oh, that's I mean, yes, because oh, no, he was No, no, in no. Town, she right? called because... him. She called him, left him a voicemail. And he shows up at the door because I remember he was in the airport with Melanie yes. at one point when Melanie was leaving. Yes. Okay. He was in the airport with Melanie at one point. Melanie, you know, went back. Tasha was on the phone with Pookie doing all that stuff. As soon as she got off the phone with him, she oh. called Rick to tell her to tell. She called Rick and left him a voicemail. Or no, she called Rick. She was getting to leave him a voicemail. Remember, she was in the middle of talking, essentially saying like, "This ain't gonna work. It's a rat." She opens the door. It's uh, and they go Rick, Rick Fox, and then she deletes the message. She cancels the message so it doesn't go through. That's how it is. Uh, damn it, Foxy. <laughs> Which made <laughs> like, me go, ah. And I wonder, is right. that real life? Like, okay. how much of that stuff is actually true? Like, when you're go, when you, if you have a past with somebody that's not necessarily that hasn't necessarily been worked out, or just in general, if you are, if things are going well with someone else, how many times does shit like that really happen? Mm. You know what I just thought about while you were talking about that? What? Um, being Mary Jane, the mama. The mama. Oh. With her old beau, and he came back like he, she hadn't seen him in years, and still that was quick. Anyway. I don't know. That's it just made me think topic, about that. That was sad. It was. Oh, gosh. It was. Um, okay. Wait. I, I have a, one more thing I want to say about Tasha and Pookie. So I wrote down, the old me understands Tasha, but the new me is like, uh, why did you handle it like that? And I'm talking about the Tasha with the, the Pookie's girl or the, the girl that was living with Pookie that he was sleeping with and Tasha called her. <sighs> They had the girl crying in the closet. I felt so bad for her. I'm like, Tasha, really? Like, I mean, I get it. Again, that's why I said the old me gets it. The new me is just like, uh, nah, that definitely could have been handled a lot better. Because, you know, I don't like stuff like, like that. Moments like um, that. I never like them in real life. Because I never understand how somebody goes back to someone who pulls stunts like that. I'm always confused by it. Always. Oh, in yeah. real life and in Listen. TV. You, you don't get to show your ass like that and think... <laughs> and things go back to the way that they were. Like what? Uh, but for the show, like you it always was, say, it was hilarious, right? Like the right for the right one, the right person, or whatever. What do you? How do you put it? I can't remember. The right person can do you know, the wrong do, thing or say the wrong thing. Right. And still be you right. know who you know who to who do who with. You're right. You know who to play with. So yeah, okay. But yes, okay. So I just thought that situation could have been handled better. Yeah. Do you think you're right. he should have done that something, something though? Something. Do you think that he handled it wrong? Um, I don't know. Well, I feel like we didn't really get a chance to see how he was going to handle it because Tasha didn't allow him to. He said he would take care of it, but Tasha didn't give him a chance to really take care of it. Yeah, I'm with you. I think she was expecting him yeah. to like do something right then and there, address it. Yeah, and that's and not fair. 
Right. Especially when you trusted Pookie in every other situation. Like, that's also what was interesting. You know Pookie. If Pookie say he gonna right. handle it, it's gonna be handled. He gonna handle it. Man, look, I ain't saying I'm scared, but that's Pookie from Richmond. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> that's a throwback reference for y'all real game fans out there. Okay. Well, that's all I had for Malik and Tasha. Let me just check my notes real quick. Oh, um, one, I, I did write down, TT is a great friend. He checks all the boxes. And I don't know who was talking to who, but they said, tell her I said, pow, pow, pow. And I know it was in a reference to Tasha, but I just thought, damn, I should have wrote down everything. You can't what? what tell you? her I said, pow, pow, pow. Is that, was that when TT... That's not when TT called trying to pretend to be Tasha. And when he got off the phone, he said, should I have said pow, pow, pow? No, I think it was, uh, wait. I think maybe Tasha was talking to TT, though, and, and was talking about his mama until I said pow, pow. No, no, maybe it was. I don't know. But now that you say that thing on the phone, I was weak. Why did TT tell Loretta to tell his mama to call him? Ain't that your mama? Aaron. <sighs> you know, there were some moments that were very cheap. I just want to Oh, yeah. okay. That were, you know, you I mean, can... the game is cheap, but it's high quality cheap. And there were some things that were very Lincoln high, highest. Ah! And if you don't know, now you know. Okay, so the last thing I wrote down, I wrote down a few things, which was, I, I, don't, I don't know the reference, so, so I wrote it down so I could look it up too. But uh, the Hatfields and the McCoys, and she said, Aaron, the I looked that up. I and know you don't. <laughs> I know you don't think we the damn. I don't know what that means, and now I need to know. Aaron, great minds. I swear, birds of a feather. No, that's what I meant to say. Aaron, birds of a feather. Because I googled that shit. I had to know who the fuck was the Hatfields and McCoys because that was not the first reference I've ever heard to them. Is it Dynasty? In my head, it's Dynasty, but I don't know. No, it was a real life situation. Like you got to read that shit. It's a whole story. Like Like, this is real people. Oh, yeah, it's real okay. people. Oh, I'm really going to look it up now. Okay, I wrote down, is Tasha justified for being that mad when she went off on Melanie? Yes. I already explained that. You playing with my money. <laughs> we don't play them games. So. Uh, I wrote down the last thing. I already said, Lorena Devine's mom. This season was actually good, actually, without a laugh track. I wanted to make sure to point that out. Last season was set up where they needed mm. one. This season felt like yes. I could do without the laugh tracks. They had a good balance. It, it, it like we said, they, they had their so stride good. in seasons. Oh, yeah. And then I wrote down, they got their stride, and then boom, Tia and Pooch leave, and here comes Jay and Lauren. Like back to the cheapness. I, I don't know what another season would have looked like with with Melanie and Derwin, but I feel like they had built something in season five that could have sustained, you know, could have carried them into a season six. Hell um, yeah. And my last comment was, why is CBS at the bottom of it? Because they were the production, right? Oh, I don't know. But I noticed... Because like, of Kelsey on... Grammer's company, I think? I don't know. Oh, okay. I just noticed at the bottom of it said CBS, but on, on, I don't believe when it was on Netflix it said that. Oh, I don't know. I don't believe. I don't know. But that's all I had. Okay. Well, guys, that's going to wrap up. I'm sad to say season five of the game and the season five mini so because... I'm even sadder about the next few seasons to come, but um, I think season six, season five good, was actually. really good. I think it's gonna be good. Okay, Aaron. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, 
Again, I really enjoyed season five. Like I cannot wait for some of the feedback. I hope that y'all are watching with us and caught up. And for the true diehard game fans, how does it feel for y'all to like watch season five now versus watching it back in the day when it first came out? I just, uh, it just left me with such a good feeling that, you know, I hope I can keep for season six, but I've watched it pretty recently. So I know what I'm going to get out of it, but yeah. <laughs> well, let us know also what state before we move on close, let us know what we missed in season five, right? Like what are the things that you thought were important that oh, yes. we didn't discuss? Cause there was a lot that happened in season five. It was a lot in season five. Um, it was, but all good stuff. Let us know what we may have missed. You can find us on Instagram at a perspective underscore underscore. You can email us a perspective, no E at the end at gmail.com. Or you can find us on Facebook, A Perspective with Aaron and Ashley. And to make sure that you tell five people and tell them to tell five people as well. We genuinely appreciate the support that you all show us every week. And it's because you show up and you show out and you remember to tell five people who then come and listen. And they tell five people when we tell them as well. So thank you. Thank you guys so much. We hope you have a great week. And remember, if you change your perspective, you can change your outcome. A Bye. Da, 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 da. Da da da, pow pow pow. Black like my mama black. <laughs> I swear that was that was probably my next favorite. Look. Yeah, I'm telling you, they had some great one-liners this season. Whew.